Hey everybody, welcome back to Reset 101. We are continuing our Lent study in today's episode. Today we had a special guest in the studio. We had so much fun. We hope that you enjoy. All right, let's go ahead and dive in. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another Reset 101 episode. This is your host, Victor speaking. We have a guest in the studio today, don't we, Pastor Robert? That's right. Uh, Meg is on a road trip. Yes, she is. So if you see on the news that... Uh, two young adults are causing trouble in Arizona. It might be Meg. <laughs> Just could very high, well high, be. High possibility. <laughs> we have Robin White. Our uh, She is our uh, adult discipleship director here at the church. And also the wife of the very famous... Disco Dan. <laughs> discovery, 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 discovery. We should add a clap track in there. That's right. That's right. should be here with us, yeah. So, what's it like living with Dan? The infamous Dan White. Um, probably exactly what you would expect. I mean, sometimes he walks in the living room in his red and white striped um, Indiana pants. Yeah. And he loves them. It is loves tournament them. time. It is, and he's so excited. And as a matter of fact, Victor and I were talking about brackets just a few minutes ago, and uh-huh. so we're all into brackets at our house for March Madness. Yes, yeah, we're all into mm. March Madness brackets. So, yeah, and I guess it's too late for you to fill out yours for the reset bracket because this is airing and the tournament has started. Yeah, I almost said fill out your bracket, right? Because it's yeah. really not Sunday; it's Wednesday. But. Mm-hmm. Can't do it, can they? I know. You know, um, actually, I haven't. I haven't done that yet. Actually, as of the time that we're recording the podcast, um, I need to. Is it? Is it? It's. I can still do it right now. Yeah. 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 Okay. See, I normally I don't do March bracket March Madness brackets because well I I don't normally watch all of the the games. You know, I'll do NFL drafts and stuff like that, but I don't usually watch all the games. So I'm kind of behind. Usually, a 21 year old male down here in youth has probably filled out a few brackets before. I've never done it before. That's so how exciting. I know, so I need to yeah. really get on that. But I'm in this group right now of friends, and we're all doing like a snake draft right now. So basically, that means like there's eight people, and the first person chooses, and then you go down to the eighth person, and they get their eighth pick. But then once you get to the eighth person, they get to pick immediately again, and it goes back and forth and back and forth. So it's like top to bottom, bottom to top. So yeah, I'm just you know going okay. Uh, Baylor looks like they're doing good. Uh, Arkansas, okay, I, I like pigs, you know what I mean? Just back and forth. Yeah. So. Good to have the normalcy of NCAA tournament, you yeah. know? Isn't that good? Yeah. It's great last, to have them back. Yeah, last year this time it had been canceled, and mm-hmm. and so signs of life, right? Right. Yeah. Even though both of our teams are not in it this year, we're a little salty about that, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Hope for next year. Can I get a roll tide? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It is definitely a weird year. Who would have said, uh, of course, you take all the NCAA stuff out of it, Auburn or Alabama or Kentucky or Alabama or somebody, who's going to be in there? Or Indiana. Or Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Let's pull for the state. <laughs> pull for the state. Yeah, yeah. I hope they do well, but you know they win enough, so what are you going to do? Alrighty, so uh, what are we what are we diving into today besides March Madness brackets? Well, this week uh, we're looking at the seven last words of Christ. We've been in our uh, Lent devotional, and we're going to do days twenty two uh, through day twenty seven today. 
uh, to talk about those. And, and these seven last words of Christ are um, words that Jesus said on the cross uh, before he died. They come from multiple different Gospels. There, there's not a Gospel that has them all. Okay. Um, and we, we pull them from multiple different Gospels to kind of put this together. My seminary professors, if you want to get really deep, they, mm -hmm. uh, they can't stand it when we do stuff like this because they want to read Mark's Gospel and what does God have to say through us to us through Mark. Separately, because they were all written as individual letters, they were not intended to be blended. But in, during this Holy Week season, during Christmas season, we do a lot of this blending of different gospels, the story, and looking at different aspects. So the seminary type professors, they don't like this at all. They're like, "Don't do that. Just mm -hmm. pick one." Uh, but I think it's awesome to look at, you know, what were Jesus's, what was on his mind. Um, there at the end, you know, what insights can we glean from that? Yeah. Like, and, and I like hearing the different voices, Yeah, you know, from different authors and different perspectives. Um, cause like you said that, I think that kind of gives us more of a well-rounded uh, view of what this could have been like for Jesus. Right. And, and, and I guess I, I feel like that, um, I'm still searching from the A from Dr. Minor, and she happens to be listening to the podcast. She'd give me an A for, for saying that we shouldn't blend them. <laughs> uh, so day 22, uh, uh, and also let me say that, that you'll find different orders of this depending on who's talking and writing about it. You know, if you Google seven last words of Christ, you can pull up and find different orders in which he said, the things uh, that we're going to do, but we're following our uh, daily devotion from the Bible app. And so day 22, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. I don't know about you guys, but to me, what we talked about last week mm -hmm. and the him being tried, him being whipped, uh, him being stripped naked, him having the thorn, the crown of thorns pressed down upon his head. He's now been nailed to the cross and is, says, please forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. I mean, who does that? Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that, I think it's a, uh, when I used to look at it uh, as a kid going through Sunday school and youth and stuff like that, they would obviously tell us about the crucifixion and all of this, this whole story. And then when I, I don't know where it is that I heard that for the first time. I think I was a teenager, some kind of way I had been mulled over. Uh, but I was, I remember thinking like, this is such a perfect example. I mean, such a perfect example of everything that he is and everything that we should strive to be. And obviously through this whole you know, Lent season and this study, he is, I mean, through his life, he's a perfect example. But especially right here. I mean, you're being beaten and tortured by, I mean, the people that you love. I mean, it, it, uh, yeah, you're right. Who does that? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus does. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, what, what an amazing example 
um, for us to to be reminded that you know everything that we go through and everything that he went through, he was even able to say at the very end of all of that, Father, forgive them. Mm. And how often are we able to say that? I would say for myself, probably not very often. Mm. Yeah, and, and for me, exponentially less than what Jesus was going through. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I think in the devotion they said one-sided grace, you know, one-sided forgiveness, not grace, one-sided forgiveness. That, that he is forgiving without... I, I mean, the the Pharisees didn't say they were sorry. <laughs> you know, of course, the Roman government officials, they were just going through what they do. Mm-hmm. They're, they're unlikely to be up there at the foot of the cross going, dude, we're sorry. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, forgiving without even acknowledging or knowing if someone's even remorseful. Yeah, yeah. And not having that feeling of, like the author said, vindication or retaliation. Yeah. Yeah. Able to just truly forgive. Yeah, we did a podcast on that. Uh, it was, I think it was a 945 episode last year and about forgiveness, like solely forgiveness. And um, what you're, and let me not lose my thought here because I can see it. I can feel it fleeting already. Um, what, what you're saying about um, being out the Pharisees, like, you know, in essence, not being sorry, right? And then being able to forgive them and say, uh, yeah, please, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. It's like uh, it, taking it into our sense in our lives. I, you know, you, you hear people say, um, well, I just feel like I can't forgive them because they haven't said sorry or because they don't want to be forgiven mm-hmm. or, or, or something like that. A condition. Yes. Conditional forgiveness. Yes. Yes. And it is. I understand where it comes from because obviously I have felt that way before, but it's it's a toxic way to look at things when you look at this story, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Toxic is a good word, and you know, it's. I don't think that this is something that we could do on our own. Being able to come to this amazing place of forgiveness, I think that that's kind of where we have to lean on. God or you know, lean on Christ to, to show us how to forgive someone and truly have that forgiveness with that is unconditional mm-hmm. or without a you know without a condition or without that that thought in the back of our mind. Mm. And and then we kind of shift in day twenty three to uh, um, the thief next to him, and uh, Jesus says, "Today you'll be with me." in paradise. I mean, wow, what a, you know, Jesus, to me, is such an illustration of how Jesus accepts everyone. Here he is being crucified between two thieves. Mm -hmm. And uh, he says, look, today, you'll be with me. Yeah. You know, that, that whole illustration of how grace isn't earned. Yes. You know, that it's just given to you. No matter what you've done or mm-hmm. how your life has turned out, you know, it doesn't matter who was around him at that point. He was still offering forgiveness mm-hmm. and telling even this sinner guy next to him, you will be with me in paradise. 
even you will be with me, despite your past. Now, who were, <clears throat> who were the, I mean, how much do we know about the two sinners that were crucified with him? Right, the two criminals. You know, how much, how much do we know about them? Are they, I, I vaguely in my memory of what I've seen and learned, um, I mean, were, were they trying to give themselves to Christ as they were being crucified? You know, well, or... we have the one who said, come on, God, you know, come on, Jesus. Why don't you save yourself and save us too? Mm-hmm. You've got this. You can do this. Mm-hmm. If you truly are you know, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, if you're God, as you claim, then it's like more save us. Right, right. You know? mm-hmm. And then you had the other thief who said, what are you talking about? We deserve what we're getting. You know, mm. We we did we we do deserve this punishment. We did do something wrong, but right. this man, he's being punished for no reason. Right. Mm. You know, forgive me, God. Yeah, that the NIV says the the one hurled insults at him. Hurled. Yeah. Yeah. There they are hanging on the cross, and he's he's still yeah. mad and angry and mm. hurling insults at Jesus. Hmm. You know, um, makes me think about who in our lives do we need to just accept unconditionally? Do we need to forgive and accept, you know? I mean, who are the people around us that, that we consider less than or thieves, not thieves per se, but just not as good yeah and it doesn't appear that jesus even had that mindset at all no you know he i I just think that he was so such an amazing example of how to not judge someone but just love them for who they are Mm -hmm. i feel like that's a trap that we can all so easily fall into is just immediately judging someone Mm -hmm. for them for who they are their past or anything and he he wasn't like that. Mm. What, an, what, a, what a beautiful example. Even as he was dying, he was yeah. still teaching us how to love other people. Which is perfect segue into day 24. Day 24. You know, um, still caring for other people. He's been beaten. He's been... Nailed to a cross, gasping for breath more than likely. Well, I shouldn't say more definitely. And he looks and he he uh, says to his mom, woman, here's your son. And says, is John, right? Mm-hmm. Says, yeah. John, here's your mother. He's up there caring for mostly his mom because in those days... Um, she was more than likely widowed by this point by Joseph and, and without a family to take care of her, she, she didn't have property rights and those kinds of things. So he's mostly caring for his mom, Mm -hmm. having a place that she can be cared for. But there's, there's a sense here that she's caring for John too, Mm -hmm. that he's caring for John too. At least that's how I... Read it when he says, here is your mother. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into that. Oh, well, we don't really know a lot about John and yeah. his family. Um, so maybe this was, and, and I love that, Robert, because I've always considered Mary in this story, how Jesus is taking care of Mary, and I've never really considered that maybe Jesus is taking care of John in some way, too. Mm. I mean, how beautiful is that? Because we know that they're really good friends. And mm-hmm. what a perfect way um, for Jesus to um, show how important family and friends are and how even in the midst of our own trials, mm-hmm. um, it's, still, it's still so important to, um, to remember our family and our friends and yeah. to, to help them in any way or to identify their needs. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's being tortured and he's not thinking about himself, Yeah. right? Right. I mean, he's bleeding and dying mm-hmm. and in pain. And he says, you know what? I know that, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to be, I mean, this is tough, you know, and it hurts and I'm in pain, but I know I'm going to be okay, but I, I need to think about them right now. Right. You know I mean, I need to make sure that they're okay. You know, I need to make sure that their emotions are going to be, they're going to be taken care of while I'm gone, you know. Um, and those two people are really close to his heart, you know. So uh, you're right, you know, maybe that makes you think, hey guys, go get some life insurance, all right. If you're not thinking about it now, one day you're going to get life insurance. This is what it's telling us, all right. Take care of your family before you pass. That's right, that's right. Everything in order. <laughs> well, the three days we're talking about right now, or the three phrases we're talking about, uh, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. He's thinking of the people who are inflicting the crucifixion, not himself. Truly, I tell you, today you'll be with me in paradise. He's thinking about the the thief that has acknowledged his um, lot in life rather than the other thief who's kind of like... <laughs> You know, if you are the Messiah, you can get us out of this. Yeah. And now he's thinking about his mom and one of his disciples. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I believe if I was in the process of being executed, I'd probably be thinking about myself a little bit. Yeah. And not, I don't know. Yeah, and maybe even hurling insults like the guy next Mm. to him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really the more real response, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, you know, the, the guy who's angry next to him. You know. mm. Yeah. Um, but then we turn in day 25, we get a little more introspective Jesus. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, that's a comment we're not used to hearing <clears throat> in the scriptures right. from, from Jesus. Well, we often so talk about God in the way that he's always with us. I mean, he, he always walks us through life. And so to hear this, you know, is a little stunning at first. Mm-hmm. Now, why is why is Jesus you know saying this? Why, you know, why did he why did he feel you know why mm-hmm. did he recite you know why did he say this and and when I read this devotional you know day twenty five, the first thing that came to my mind was Psalm twenty two. And mm-hmm. if you've never read Psalm twenty two, it starts out 
um, in a way that um, the the author of Psalm 22 feels very alone and feels um, left by God. And so the the psalmist is is frustrated and and angry. You know, it it's it actually starts out with these words: "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Where are you, God?" I'm in the midst of this horrible trial. Where are you? And then if you continue to read the psalm, you know, he continues to be so real. That's what I love about the Psalm 22. He continues to be so real. God, I'm so alone. But then he comes to this word in the NIV, and he uses the word yet. Y-E-T. Yet. You know, I'm alone, God, and I'm scared, and I'm going through this trial. Yet. You are the Holy One. Mm. You are the God of Israel. You saved them, and I know that you will save me. I know that you will not leave me alone, and you will walk me through this journey. And by the end of the psalm, the psalmist is praising God for all of his love and all of his grace and all of his mercy. So it's a complete 180. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so I just, I think about that when I hear this, um, these words that Jesus said from the cross, and I just wonder, did those around him think that God had forsaken him? Mm. Or did those around him hear a psalm that they knew? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they oh, my knew goodness. how that psalm ended. Huh. See, this is what I was talking about earlier when I said, You too, you just have a profound insight (laughs) on these topics. And then I'm over here and I'm just like, oh, really? We're blowing your mind today. Yes, (laughs) yes. Sometimes Meg sits in that chair and she will go on a tangent for a good five to seven minutes. And at the end of the tangent, I will be like, oh my gosh. I'm just like shaking. I'm like, what? Wow, yeah, I know. I mean, there's no way I would have thought about that. Here's my thing, though. And, and, And this may be like a surface level question. It probably is. But, I mean, I can understand why Jesus, like you said, I mean, you've just kind of opened this whole new thought in my head. Maybe it was about the psalm and there were, you know, the people around him heard something different. But it's like, in the, in the devotion, they say, uh, I don't know what, I don't know if we'll ever know the true dynamics of that situation and why he said that exactly yes absolutely because it makes when he says when i read it just my first instinct Mm -hmm. and maybe some people listening it's like you know we're reading about him in the garden right and he prays and yes it's tough this whole situation is tough it's not like i'm making light of the situation it's just it seems as if he's done his best to make kind of peace with the situation you know and of course that doesn't mean that as he's going through it you know he might be like i don't know man I, i mean i knew it was gonna be bad but this man, it's like when you go to the gym and you decide I'm going to run two miles and then on the second mile you're like, I thought I could do it. Right. Um, it makes me think, you know, did he make his peace with it and then renege on that? Or is it just one last outcry of, of like, was he feeling this way the whole time? And, and you know, yeah. do you, does that make that sense? Honesty is, that... is coming out at this point. You know, that, that humanity, the uh-huh. human side of him potentially right. is coming out. You know, God, why? You know, why? Mm-hmm. You know, I, he, and I, I'm going to butcher this, Robin, you might need to say it for me. In the, in the text, it, it, it says, about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lima, Shabbat, Sounds good. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> you know, that, 
but you rarely see that. So that could be a clue to what you were saying that he was definitely pointing to that song, you know, because he's using that language, that particular language. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think the author even pointed out that this is um, one of the few times that the only time that he ad addresses Father as God. Yeah, and yeah. Rather than Father. Rather than Father. Yeah. Yeah. Everything he does has a meaning, right? Almost, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah. Maybe you, yeah. maybe you're right. You know, and I and I think for us, I think what we forget is human beings <laughs> is that God is big enough to handle our frustration and our doubt mm -hmm. and our feeling of abandonment mm -hmm. and our despair. We we felt a lot of that lately, haven't we? Yes. You know? Yes. This and past and, year for sure. And in the psalm that Robin so eloquently laid out for us, when we're in the midst of that, we have to somehow remember it won't always be that way. Yeah, yeah. You know, that yeah. That, that despair will end, that loneliness will end, that, that season will end. Mm -hmm. um, and yet there is more. Yeah, that, the end yet. Yeah. That might be a bridge sermon series later. Hey, I love it. I love and it. Yet. Bring it on. <laughs> oh man, that is good yet. though. Can and we yet. get can we get four to six biblical text of the end yet? Mm -hmm. I bet we can. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and and also how beautiful that I feel like Jesus um kind of reminds us too in in his humanity and our humanity that it's okay to be honest with God with your feelings. Mm. It's okay to feel like if if you feel like he's not there or you um, can't sense him or if you feel abandoned in some way that it's okay to tell him that and be honest with him and allow him to meet you in that yeah and allow him to bring you that peace and comfort that you need mm. Mm. so good so good so uh, what about our next um, our our next day I am thirsty. I am thirsty. You know, I could go for a drink of water right now. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm just sorry. <laughs> Forgive me, Jesus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I am thirsty. And, and you know, I, I think one of the things about that, this phrase that is highlighting this whole story that, that Jesus is fully human. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's not just divine. He's fully divine and fully human at the same time. Um, and so that, it also, they pointed out in the devotional, which I loved, that he, that he was um, able to be vulnerable with people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was able to tell people what he needed. Mm -hmm. We're so bad at that, especially as Americans. So bad, so bad. And the author in this devotional even used the word weak, and um, that sometimes we interpret being vulnerable as being weak. Mm -hmm. And I think that he's spot on with that because that doesn't mean that we're weak just because we need something. We all have needs. Yeah. You know, at some point we're all going to be thirsty or hungry, mm -hmm. or you know whatever it is. And um, and it's just so important to to seek help or to ask and let people know that we need something, and that's okay. Yeah. 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 That's so good. 
Um, this is just a question that I have. Um, when he says he's thirsty on the cross, uh, don't they they give him something to drink, right? But they isn't it like they put a sponge like on a stick or like a spear or something? And it, did I hear that it was like wine, but it was like uh, the wine had turned, so it was like it was like rotten wine, fermented. Wine fermented or... That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sake? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nasty is what it was. Nasty, right? Yeah. Um, isn't that what happened? They gave yes. and they lifted the sponge up to him, and That's he drank right. from it. That's right. Yep. Yeah. God, they sucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they sucked. They were yeah. so terrible. It's a very um, graphic story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. It really is, and we see crosses all the time. You know, cross jewelry or, you know, hanging on our wall or, or whatever. But um, but it's not until, at least for me, when I get in and read this story again, that I'm reminded um, just how graphic it is and how much he truly went through um, pain, you know, and, and an extreme amount of pain and suffering, but also the humiliation of his death. You know, and, and I'm reminded again when I read this story what that cross truly symbolizes. Mm. Yeah, and I've been, since we've been doing this um, uh, study, I think I've, this is the first time I've really gotten an in-depth look that look at it, right? Because we're, we're doing the study with you know, three to four people, um, but it, this is the first time I'm really kind of diving in, and I, I'm starting to realize when I look at a cross now, like for instance, yesterday I was sitting outside of Angie's office and there was a little basket, a little wooden cross that said made in China on the back of it. Mm-hmm. But I thought, you know, the meaning of this is so much more than these two little pieces of wood and glue. Yeah. Right? And and also, um, you know, well but before this before this event, um for Jesus in his death, you know, we started to symbolize the cross and it will I don't think symbolize is the right word, but you know what I mean. We started to use the cross as a symbol. Um, what was the symbol for Christianity? Wasn't Was it a fish? Wasn't that right? It was a fish, right? Right, yeah. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Sorry, this yeah, is off I'm, topic, isn't I it? I can't but, remember yeah. when the ichthus fish came in and what all it was used on. Yeah, I'm not Nothing. exactly yeah. sure of the history on it myself, but um, but yeah, that was it, it definitely symbolizes a fish and... Um, and I'd have to look back at the history on that, but I kind of want to say that maybe that was even a, a really early symbol mm-hmm. um, um, so that they wouldn't get in trouble for being Christians. I just kind of did Draw the fish, right? Okay. Um, sorry, jumping off topic right. there. But. Good question. On day 27, mm-hmm. I kind of wanted day 27 to be day 28, but that's not how they did this, but that's okay. It is finished. Uh what I love about that phrase is that death doesn't have the last word. Yeah. You know? Uh, death doesn't have the last word for Jesus. And a metaphorical death doesn't have the last word for us as well. And what, what I mean by that are the things in life that, that, that strap us down and keep us from being who God wants us to be. Oh, yeah, I love that. You know, that doesn't have the last word on us either. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. bondage to that thing in our life yeah. um, doesn't have to st- doesn't have to remain a stronghold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus 
God in human flesh conquered that. And so can we, you know. Yes. Anyway. Even when we seem like like it's just the most overwhelming mountain, you know, whatever it is, he says, No, you know, you've got this and, and you won't do this alone. Yeah. We'll go we'll get through this together. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh Father into your hands I commend my spirit. You know, we should trust. We should put our life in Jesus' hands, in God's hands, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I, I hear a sense of um, peace in these words, mm. too. Yeah. And I, I think it's so beautiful that we have a glimpse of Jesus praying to God. This seems like a very intimate and holy and peaceful moment for me, even in the midst of his suffering and torture and humiliation. We have a little glimpse into this really beautiful moment between Jesus and God. You know, mm -hmm. Jesus praying out, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And that, that last just peaceful breath, it is, you know, it is what it is. It's done and here I am. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So trusting. Yeah. Okay. So Victor, next week. Is it our last week of the Lenten season? Um, Do we get to t finally talk about the resurrection next week? Or is I'm it one more sure. week? I think it might be one more week. Yeah. I think it might be one more week. Because where are we at now? We're on 27, is that right? Or 28, yeah. 27? Um, are, are, where are we going to for the rest of this podcast? Is that finished today? Was 27 our last one? No. no, no we're no. going 30, right? Yeah. Going to yeah, 30. We're going up. Yeah, I think, um, I think we have one more week after that. Yeah. So, well, folks, actually, we go up to 40. So. Right, right. So, yeah. Well, I've often said that Robin White is the best teacher in our church. Mm -hmm. You're so and, sweet. And I think we can affirm that I am correct. <laughs> oh, I've had so much fun with you guys. I love this conversation. I could talk about this all day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> These, are, these have been fun times, and we hope you guys have enjoyed and gotten stuff out of it as well. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Such a uh, great series. Love this. Well, Robin, do you, have, do you have any last words for the... Um... <laughs> Robin's last words. Robin's last words. <laughs> <laughs> and it's finished. We're done. Oh, my goodness. That's funny. Uh, well, I just can't wait to hear how your bracket turns out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um... It, well, they're still drafting right now while we've been doing this podcast, so I, I had to tell Blake to draft for me. I was like, yeah, man, so we'll see. I hope he's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, I actually woke up this morning. I didn't know what was happening at like 7, and then he's like, hey, man, hurry up and draft. And I said, what are you talking about? I mean, I'm trying to, you know, like my eyes are still crusted over. It's still dark and, outside. Yeah, still dark outside, like you said <laughs> earlier. And... um and he says, just pick Baylor. Just text Baylor. I was like, okay. Because I don't watch basketball that much. So I texted Baylor, come to find out they're a one seed. So And he he came after me. So I was like, that was a real good friend moment right there. You know, you mm. gave me your pick. Good Very to have a good friend, yes. Yeah. But awesome. he, he, I'm sure he good has Good on you, Blake. Good on you, Blake. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Um, thank you so much for listening, as always. And thank you for being you. We will see you next week for another rousing episode of Reset 101. Alrighty. Drive safe, Meg.
<laughs> Drive safe, Meg. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Hey everybody, quick announcement before you go. If you want to follow along with us during our Lent study, you can. All you have to do is download the Bible app and go to the lesson titled Journeying with Jesus. If you don't want to download that app, that's okay. You can find a link to the lesson on our website at asburyreset.org or you can go to Instagram and see as we post every single week for our Lenten study on our Instagram page, Asbury Reset. Alrighty guys, thank you so much. See ya.